Providing for your family is a top priority. But what happens when you need affordable health care? Christian Healthcare Ministries could save you up to 40% today. As a member, you can choose your provider without network restrictions. Sign up at your convenience with our anytime enrollment. Join a Christian community that supports each other's medical expenses, offering peace of mind as you prioritize what's most important. Enroll now at yourchm.org. I'm Abby Hornacek. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, December 26, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. More than two months since religious students in the Israeli town of Sterot ran for their lives from Hamas terrorists, they come back to school in a city still widely empty. I would say it was a milestone day. It was we had a celebration here and we were dancing and it was very, very I was here. It was very emotional to come back to your home in a way. Uh, after uh, more than two months. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Up until the October 7th attacks in Israel, the city of Sterot in the country's south and less than a mile to the Gaza border was a bustling place, complete with a Hesder Yeshiva, a religious school that accommodates young Israeli men and their required military service, who wish to study the Torah to prepare for religious life and leadership. The Max and Ruth Schwartz Hesder Yeshiva in Sterot is said to be Israel's largest, home to about 300 residential students, many who on October 7th went from their dorms into battle of their own volition. And just now they're returning, the students and the staff. The town around them, though, is still quite empty. Bottom line is that the, the people here, the majority of people are still not back. They've been away. Most of them are in, our hotel, are in hotels all over the country. Right. From Jerusalem to Tel Aviv to Eilat. Um, and they're not, and they're not re- really ready to come back yet. Rabbi Ari Katz is the public relations manager of the Max and Ruth Schwartz Hesder Yeshiva. He speaks to us from the campus in Sterot. Now that there's a lot of talk on the, the media here, you know, that when will they come back? Or maybe the army wants, is pushing to come back and the people don't want to come back yet because they, feel, they still feel a certain lack of security and safety. Even though, like I said, remember, Sterot is located opposite the border of the northern part of the Gaza Strip. The northern part, we mainly have under, the army has it under their control for the most part. That's why there are less rockets. At the same time, it's still noisy because of our booms, what we're, uh, uh, you know, our military activity. But it's still, I think people have to remember one basic difference between the war now and all the previous rounds of fighting the last 22 years or so. And that is until now, until October 7th, the city of Sterot, in a way, got used to living under rocket fire every now and then. And in a way, it's, 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 it's very sad to say this, but they got used to the rocket fire. And what changed on October 7th was the fact that in addition to the rocket fire, you had tens of terrorists that came into the city. Right. And I think that already is a game changer because that... The trauma that people went through after that happened, that's something which you don't forget that quickly. Of course not. When you walk around the town now, what does it look like? I mean, does it look as if it looked any? How, how does it look? Yeah. Still like a ghost town. In other words, uh, uh, very few people, very few stores opened up. 
the majority of vehicles that you do see are vehicles of the army guys. There are a lot of reservists, right? A lot of reservists, and not and even active stu- uh, active duty soldiers. Who? What happens in Israel is that the soldiers they take over the schools. They go into the school because there's no school right now. There's no right. schools open yet. So they go into the schools. They go into uh, other places. So that the cars you see, the majority of cars that you see are cars uh, belonging to those soldiers. But residents of the city you see very little of. Very little of. What about the, you know, the structures, the homes? I mean, how are those looking? We've, you know, we've seen pictures of, of things, you know. So for the most part, thank God, you don't see destruction. But there have been many homes and, and apartments that were hit these last two months that were definitely hit by rockets uh, and will have to be, uh, you know, fixed. But for the most part, you still though you don't you don't really see that you see you go around, you walk around, you can see exactly where the rockets hit. You see damage, but not. Thank God, not like maybe the kibbutzim that were hit harder. Right. But uh, as a city, there's less structural damage for sure. When uh, we you're in contact, obviously, with your students, I'm 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 sure, uh, you know, what what has it been like for them to, uh, you know, hopefully their learning is continuing, even though you're in a different location. But th- this is unsettling one way or the other for them, for their studies. Yeah, we were lucky that right when the war started, uh, we had another institution, uh, another yeshiva that basically hosted us for two months. And now the boys came back, the students came back on, on Thursday, which was a very, I would say it was a milestone day. It was, we had a celebration here and uh, we dancing and it was very, very, I was here, it was very emotional very emotional to come back to your home in a way uh, after uh, more than two months. So the boys now are back here, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also hoping that well, as we made the first step to come back here, uh, maybe that will cause some of the people here in the city also to come back. But again, no one's pressuring anyone. Understand, especially right. families with children. I mean, it's very, you know, it's very still, you hear the noise and it's not, you know, that pleasant and it's scary. And uh, but, you know, maybe that when they see that the yeshivas here, over 300 boys are here back now in the middle of the city, maybe that will have some type of ripple effect effect. And, uh, you know, uh, people start coming back slowly, slowly. So what is it like for the first of all, how old are those students there? These are boys that are post high school. That okay. means they're the majority of them who are here now because we have a lot of guys who are in the army. Right. A lot of guys who are doing active duty or were called up. So the majority of the boys who are here now currently are basically a 19, 20 year olds. So, I mean, this is scary for them as well. I mean, just because they're 19 and 20 doesn't mean they're not, you know, this isn't frightening. Definitely. I could tell you a story that happened on October. Remember, October 7th was a holiday, was Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah. Now the boys were here and we found the soldiers who came here afterwards, they found on one of the walls in the dormitory, uh, uh, one of the boys, had written something in handwriting. And if I paraphrase what he wrote there, he basically said, we don't know if we're going to survive. We love you all. And we hope that you win. And basically it was like a farewell message because they really didn't know what was going to happen. So they definitely, you know, also experienced trauma. Definitely. And, you know, we tried over these last few months to give professional help to those who needed. We felt that was very important because like I said, you know, once you go through something like this, you need to make sure that the guys are okay emotionally. Yes. Where were you on October seventh? I w- I was home. I was home. 
Um, and I could tell you, I don't know what was worse because the minute now I started, we all started hearing rumors, uh, you know, you know, already, um, uh, in that morning. And when I started hearing that the terrorists in State Road in the police station on the roof, I said that this can't be happening. Like, I, there's no way this is happening. And, uh, and then when you know things started coming out more clearer, the first thing I did after the holiday finished was I called the director of the yeshiva just to make sure that everyone was okay because it was like I the whole that whole holiday, the whole October seventh, I was like petrified, nervous, and not knowing. And it, it, we, it, we do consider it a miracle. That for some reason the terrorists did not come to the yeshiva, even though they drove by the yeshiva. They were in the police station, which was the main focus up there in State Road, at least, was their main focus that they took it over the police station. The police station is literally two seconds away from the yeshiva. Okay. You could get there walking in two minutes. And for some reason, they never came to the yeshiva. We had, we had, remember, we had uh, over that holiday, we had over 300 boys here in the yeshiva. If they, God forbid, would have come to the yeshiva, so, you know, I, I don't even want to think what could have happened. We are speaking with Rabbi Ari Katz of the Max and Ruth Schwartz Hesder Yeshiva in the Israeli city of Sterot. They're welcoming their students back for the first time since October 7th. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. I guess to, to kind of bring this full circle, uh, if you could see people coming home to Sederot uh, and beginning to try to get back to some form of normal, um, you, you know, what, what would that be like for you to, to see that? I mean, w would that be a, a, th a healing thing for you? Or is it is that is that something for more to cause more nerves? Because, again, a bunch of people coming back to this to the city might, you know, they could be at risk. Well, I could tell you personally what I feel now a little depressed. I mean, the yeshiva is back, which, you know, very happy. Right. Um, but seeing an empty city, it's depressing. So I, I'm hoping that when the people feel ready to come back, and I'm talking about my friends, my coworkers, okay, people that I've gotten to know very well over the last eight years that I've been here. And uh, I think seeing them come back will be a very positive thing. I think it's, and again, the yeshiva has always prided itself in the fact that we are a community yeshiva. In other words, we are a community institution. We do what we can do before the war. I'm talking about the last, the yeshiva's been around for 28 years. Right. So we've always, always been here for the people of the community, every, all year long. And good times and bad times, now we see our role, even magnitude, that uh, we're gonna have to help, and we wanna help the people when they come back, the rebuilding process. Not the physically, the physically rebuilding that, you know, the government helps and the city will help. I'm talking about the spiritual, emotional rebuilding. The yeshiva sees itself as having a very vital part in, in this whole process. Right. And when it will happen. And what is the yeshiva's name? The yeshiva's name is the Hester. Well, the official name, it's a long name, but I always have to give credit to our benefactors. It's called the Max and Ruth Schwartz. They wrote Hester Yeshiva. The Max and Ruth Schwartz. Steirot Hester Yeshiva. A Hester Yeshiva is the yeshivas that we have in Israel that the young men combine their army service with their learning. Gotcha. So they, so these are also soldiers as well at some point. These are also soldiers, right. The younger guys have not gotten in yet. But I think you also, if you want to look at another miracle, the fact that on Simchat Torah, on Shabbos, October 7th, we had... Um, 
we had soldiers who were visiting that came to the yeshiva to celebrate. We had more guns. So that was something that was, uh, I think, uh, important because uh, having those guns at least caused us to know if, God forbid, they would have come, the terrorists, we, we had firepower to at least give them a fight. Okay, we even had some of the rabbis and students who joined the fighting in the city. Okay, we have one of our rabbis is a medic. He went to join the fighting and to take care of the wounded, and he got hurt badly. Thank God he's doing okay. So in a way, that was very important to have the soldiers here on October 7th. So they were literally joining the, the, joining the fight that morning. Yes, that this, a lot of them, yes. Yeah. Yes. How, how I mean, how was that decision made? I mean, did this did just those students and again, they, they are, you know, they're not child, young children, but they're they're young. They just decide, hey, I got to go. I got to do this. I mean, yeah, how does that work? Spontaneous uh, that you have so many stories on October 7th of soldiers, of people around the country spontaneously just going down. And once they heard that down south, you have total chaos. And that they people just took that and a lot of a lot of them, unfortunately, uh, you know, gave their lives, sacrificed their lives for that. But that was if you want to talk about who we are, when we say I'm Israel Chai and we talk about what's so special about us. That's one thing. Where do you also you find people that no one's forcing them? They're not called up. A lot of people were called up, of course, to the army. But people who weren't called up, they just took their guns if they had a gun. And, it, and if some of them didn't even, didn't even have guns. And they just went down. They knew there was trouble. They went down. So the, so your your students your students did this right just basically down the block from their school. Exactly. The ones who had guns, yeah. They felt, again, it was no question. They went and joined because they, they know, like we, 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 we all know how, you know, when we talk about, you know, camaraderie and how much each Jew cares about his fellow Jew, his or her fellow Jew, that's exactly the point, that when you hear someone in trouble, you go and try to save them and help them. Rabbi Ari Katz, thank you so much for being with me on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.